change is not possible without awareness because you have to be aware of when you're in the cycle that you want to change, right? You have to be aware. So present moment awareness is huge. It's present moment is also huge because the present moment is the only time change can occur. Mm -hmm. But awareness changes nothing. This is another thing that can cause a lot of stress and anxiety in people's lives because they're like, I see it. I see it. I see it. I'm doing it all the time. I'm catching myself. I'm seeing it. I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. And you can stay there. And that is like the road to nowhere. It's just, oh, it's the it's so mm-hmm. frustrating to be on that road. You have to put it into action. You have to take the action. When you see it, act. When you see it, act. When you see it, act. As opposed to just seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. See it and act. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm here with Beej, and this is our O Show. It is August 2021, and we're here to share open and honestly, and uh, we're going to see what comes up. The confessional. Actually, speaking of the confessional, I wrote something in my journal the other day, and I was like, I wonder if I should read that on the on the podcast. Anyway. I might do that. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, see what that is and see if it's relevant to the conversation that arises today. But psyched to be here. I can't believe we're like, are we? when do we start this? 2016? Is that five years? Yeah, we're like over five years into this, um, almost 300 episodes at this point. And actually today on Yogi Triathlete, we posted a throwback of an episode we recorded in September of 2019, which is entitled Untold Stories. I can't remember the number of it. It was like 170-something. But we went back and actually were listening to it today. And it's really talking about that time of like 2017, 2018, when we were going all in. And it was so scary. And you talk about um, how actually how scary it was for you, which I didn't realize like as you're talking about it on the podcast I'm learning it for the first time how scared you actually were and we got a question about like moments when we were like when we were just about to like throw in the towel which were many but some were more heavy than others and um so listening to that and how there were so many times where we were like my god should we still do the podcast should we not do the podcast and through it all you know, we stayed the course. And I think that there's, when I listen to it now, 2021 being almost 300 episodes in, having this amazing team with two additional coaches on the team, um, I just, it's, we're, I feel like we're living the vision that drove us forward in those moments of fear. And so anybody who is pursuing a dream, it's going to get messy. And you are going to be brought to your knees. And that's just how it goes. And there was a part of me that knew that was going to, that was going to happen because as I listened to people who were living the life that they desired, let's take Rich and Julie, for example, like Rich Roll and Julie Pyatt. We were paying pretty close attention to them, like when they launched their podcast. There was a part of me that knew that we too were going to be navigating some pretty scary things. And um, there was also something about hearing their stories. There was a part of me that kind of craved that adventure of, of living on the edge, like the edge of everything you dream of and total annihilation. And we are living everything that we dream. And that doesn't mean that total annihilation is not always right there because the problem and the solution are born at the same time. The black and the white are there at the same time. They can't coexist. So wherever your focus is, is what you're going to be experiencing. And I feel like what I'm experiencing now is the life of my dreams. Yeah, we are living. We're living the dream. And I think when people see our it. Our dream. It's not everybody's dream. dream. No, not at all. It's, it's uh, specific to us. Like this is what we feel is ideal, you know, going to the pool, getting out for an early hike, um, like we did today. And I know we'll talk about that, but I think when people see what, what we're doing in life, they see that and they don't see so much of the struggle, um, or the moments that we just described that you've worked so hard and you get to that point 
and where most people turn around and say, oh, this is just, this is too much. Like this is, I can't do this. That is where we exercise the muscle to continually go on despite all the signs that said don't. So I love that we posted that podcast. I want to finish listening to it. Of course, I'm listening to it and I'm listening to hear my voice and I'm like, what? I can't believe you still have that reaction to your voice. Yeah. What's, what happens? What comes up for you? We're going to dissect this. Yeah. What, is, what is the essence of the feeling when you hear your voice? I, it goes, I think it goes to yoga teacher training where it just used to, like get to the point. Were you traumatized in yoga teacher training and now listening to the, to the point. <laughs> listening to the podcast get to the good stuff. bringing up a trauma response. <laughs> We were traumatized. Everybody yeah. should do that yoga teacher training. <laughs> it really, it's transformative. Really yeah, yeah. Because you asked me in the car today, like something like, "What do you think when you hear your voice?" And I just don't. I've been through that phase where I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that." Like, "Oh, I sound so stupid." Oh, you say "like" a million times. Don't say "but" so much. Um, and now I'm just completely. I actually forget that it's me, which allows me to appreciate the content. That moves through me. And I think also from yoga teacher training, not taking any credit for the words that come through. Like I'll own the things that, you know, I'll own it all. But like, they're not my words. They're coming through me. So there's a piece of ownership that I have to it. But, you know, if something brill comes through, like, you know, the ego wants to grab onto that. But I just remind myself, like, they're just words. They're they're not my words. They're mm -mm. just words that are floating out there in the ether, and they come through me. Or somebody else that you listen to or the book you listen to. Right. Or it, it's many, it takes many different forms. The person on the trail who says something in passing. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you feel when you hear your voice? I just feel I could speak cl more clearly, more specific, more... Um, maybe gathering the thought and being more clear with the thought. Now, that's not to say I don't feel there's moments. You heard it the other day. I was like, oh, that's good. You oh, yeah. know, and I wanted to write it down. <laughs> I probably heard it from somebody else. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but it resonated. It's just fine-tuning your, your, um, your craft. That's the vulnerability you know? factor, right? Of yeah. Putting, turning on these mic. Like, there was nothing about you that was like, I want to be behind a microphone and start a podcast. No, not at all. That I was don't want all to me. stand in front of a room and teach yogis <laughs> and um, like to be in that that pressure. You know, in my mind, it's pressure. Uh, not anymore, but it's not something I was excited where about. Do you, where do you feel most at home? Like, where in your professional career, personal life, like, where do you feel most at home? Where it's just effortless. Being alone. That's my first answer. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> I think being alone, I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> you went away to the Cape for seven days or eight days and I was like, what? Well, I think you're, you're better at it because like years ago, you'd be a little clingy when I went away. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how am I going to do it without you? Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to give a different answer. What do you think? I thought you were going to say on the deck at the pool. I do love that. What we did on Sunday was amazing. What that, did we do on Sunday? That fills I'm my cup. Up. That, it overflows my cup. Tell that story, and I'm going to grab my journal because it keeps looking at me. So the book I'm reading right now is called Diana Herself, an Allegory of, an awa of Awakening. And uh, one of the athletes that I work with um, was reading it. And she's like, I really want somebody else to read this. So I got it at the library, which the library is like one of my favorite places. And uh, it's really good. It's definitely the story of an awakening. It's a fictional tale, but it's very good. So I'm reading that right now. Highly recommend. It's written by Martha Beck. Tell the story. S yeah, Sunday we have a, a growing local... Um, group of athletes on the team who can get together. And we've been doing some pretty cool workouts. And this past Sunday was uh, a meetup at um, Alga, the beautiful pool that I post about consistently on Instagram. I just love that place. We were at it today. I, I just love it. Uh, so we all met there and we had a thousand yard time trial followed by a hundred yard best effort. 
Um, and this workout comes from Tower 26, Jerry Rodriguez. If you haven't heard the episode with him, please check it out. Um, a lot of the philosophy, we have a lot of the, a similar philosophy in, in coaching triathlon swimming. And uh, if you haven't been up to his beach swims, I highly recommend that on Wednesday in Santa Monica. Amazing. Um, but in the Tower 26 program, they have you do 1,000-yard time trial and 100-yard time trial. So we met, met up. We got there early um, for those athletes that wanted to participate in uh, breathing, you know, calming, using the breath to calm the body, calm the nerves. And you led us through an amazing um, flow of presence and calm and uh, shifting awareness to our breath. And there were people there who had never even done this before, like had the awareness of uh, I'm just going to get his bone. Clark is eating his bone. We did not do the thorough well, was, podcast prep. He was <laughs> it's good that this is our show and that we don't have a guest that's like, uh, get your stuff together, people. <laughs> you really got to watch the video on these O shows so you can get the Clark factor. Clark is so funny. So, yeah, so you you got in a circle after we met everyone, because there were some athletes we hadn't met yet. And uh, you just took us through the Prius Pranayama, which all our athletes get and practice too, and it's available on our website. Um, but it gives you that uh, the time to, to calm the body, prep it, prime it for what's about to come. And that swim was a strong effort. I mean, I think it was 2,000 yards before we actually did. Yeah, the warm-up was 2,000 The yards. actual set, Yeah. So like, this is tasty warm up. What's great is like you have this framework and you have this plan and you have the type of workout, but everybody is at a different level and everybody approaches swims differently. And, and I think one of the, the really big focuses of what we um, believe in at Yogi Triathlete is inclusivity. You know, everybody is welcome. It doesn't matter if you do the 2000 yards or if you do 500 yards, I don't care. It's that you show up you participate and you do what feels best for you, knowing that part of you wants to keep you safe, wants to keep you um, not fulfilling your your fullest expression. And so, uh, yeah, some people did most of the workout, some people did all of it, but I think the energy on the deck was really cool because we had people who had finished it before and then they were standing on the deck and cheering the others on for their, uh, more so for their 100 Yeah, it was so TT. cool. I got like an applause when I finished <laughs> my 100. And I think after I finished my TT, because there are some super fast people um, who were pretty much done with the workout. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Community is Community. is beautiful. And, you know, it all started with you back in the, in the day when you were working a job that wasn't filling your soul and and me feeling like I was hitting a spiritual ceiling and uh, living in a place that, you know, we were really struggling with the weather and just looking up at the sky and saying, how can we create community? You know, when none of this was clear to us, we just knew the big the big thing was we wanted the community. And I think that that's so key is when... When we have something that we want to create or be a part of or something that's been sitting on our heart, right? Like, I love gardening. I love gardening. Well, there's a reason you love gardening. And what is it about that? And, you know, and and expand that. And then don't get caught up in how it has to unfold because there'd be a lot of suffering there along the way. Yeah. Attached to how it has to unfold, like every step along the way. And if that step isn't met, yeah. You throw it out. And in that um in that podcast we talked about when we were living on the road, you know, at 44 years old I'm living out of oh, my I Honda Fit <laughs> with my dog and my husband, my all my possessions are in a carry-on suitcase and I said, you know, we woke up every morning and we would meditate and then we lived by this mantra all channels open. And that was a beautiful reminder. I think we really ingrained that into who we are and how we live. But um, I actually was just able to pass that along to an athlete I was talking to prior to us getting on this podcast, who is navigating like an unexpected, quote unquote, unexpected, intense situation in their life, which is not what was on the perfect plan of what they thought they'd be doing over, you know, this week. And 
and everything got thrown up in the air. And it's like, it's, there's, there's no doubt it needs this person's attention and they're going to have to navigate things that they never thought they were going to have to navigate. And it's, but they had the, the beautiful thing that this person has is a beautiful vision of the end of, of how they saw this mm-hmm. without all this upheaval that just came up to the surface in the last 24 hours. And I said, you know, that's amazing. That there's the miracle right there is that you have the clarity of the end result. And so stay in that feeling of what it is that you want to create and be okay with whatever happens along the way and just keep taking the next logical step. So it was interesting that listened. See, like nothing is a mistake, right? We listened to that podcast today. It brought me back to that time where it was like, okay, what's the next logical step? What's the next logical step? Okay, what do we do now? We're totally in the mud. What do we do now? And then that was all super fresh in my awareness and then got this you know, text like, can you talk? And we got on the phone and it was like, oh my God, it was all right there. So it's like when you are awake to the synchronicities of life, you realize that there is a bigger plan out there and that you are supported and that everything that comes into your awareness is there for a reason and every struggle that you come up against. And maybe it was somebody who was there on Sunday that was like, what? No watch in the pool? Like whatever it is, you're going to use that information to assist somebody later on. A hundred percent. I forgot to mention the no watches. That was one of the, that was one of the caveats for the, the team swim on on Sunday was leave your watches at home. But it, but it, it really, these challenges, leave your watches at home, the circumstance that you're, you're speaking of, they really are temperature gauges into how we're navigating life. And it's, 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 a, it's one of those bars that measures like how attached are you to the way things have to be versus how willing are you to be open and, and, and welcoming of all things. And, and watching the flow Right. And like, when are you getting in the red zone? Right. Yeah. When does it become intense? And, and can you see yourself <laughs> intense so that you can come back down and understand over time, the intensity will, will slowly diminish to that. You get to a point where nothing rattles you. You're like, oh, I need to do that. Great. That's the next thing I need to do. That's complete. Okay. What is the next thing that needs to happen? And not get all caught up in like the what ifs and the, and the future of, of a potential decision you're going to make. Just work with the decisions you're making in the moment. Right. And watch who you share it with because people love to like throw in their super unhelpful story about how they had a very similar situation and it was worst case scenario. So be very careful about who you share your dreams with. You know, I mean, we we were just reminiscing I don't know if you were there. I can't remember. Um, we were just reminiscing about all the things that people said to us when we said, when we kind of made the announcement back in Rhode Island about like, okay, we're giving everything up and we're moving into our car. Was it, were you present for that conversation? I have been there for previous and conversations, just the but not crazy recently. crazy stuff people would say to us. Like, they're like, you're going in your car? I'm like... Yeah, and our Honda Fit, like it's great, works great, it's efficient. And they're like, yeah, until it breaks down in the middle of the night and you get murdered. I'm like, okay, it's like so not helpful. Thank you for the information. Yeah. Hmm. Very unhelpful. Never looked at it that way. Comments. Thank you. Right. Then in yeah, my head, I'm like, get <laughs> out of here, get out of this energy. Um, so anyway, uh, that's a great, I'll put a link to that podcast in the show notes. And if you don't know, if you're kind of just hopping onto the Yogi Triathlete podcast, there's a story there. Um, you're seeing us now and, um, and there's a big story that happened, you know, between 2016 and 2018 where we faced our greatest fears. We experienced our greatest joys. We learned what it meant to truly adopt an abundance mindset and how to do that. And then, also to be awake to the miracles, like miracle, 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 miracle. So when you go after your heart's desires, yeah, you'll be brought to your knees. But also if you remain steadfast and you stay the course and you let your yes be yes, that the universe will conspire to support you. And holy crap, it certainly does. Yeah. And how it, how it comes about is none of our business. If you yeah. can look at it like that. I was just thinking of if you had to script when we made, when you had that, you know, sign that we're supposed to go to California, 
and you script out how we're going to get here and what we experience and where we are now, like that would not be what we saw on paper at all. It would not. We'd have a yoga studio already. We'd be open. We'd be thriving. We'd just be training and working at a yoga studio. And that would be it. Uh, living in Encinitas, probably. Um, but that's not how it happened. No. So this is, that's, the, that's the miracle is like, or that's the celebration of life is to see it all just unfold and be welcoming of, of what it is that presents itself, knowing that whatever it is is going to get you to that vision that you have. So our vision was to create community, create community with Yogi Triathlete. We're doing that. Yeah. And it's not done. So we don't no. go, oh, it's done. We had 10 people at the pool. Like, let's just plug in. Let's just binge yeah. on Netflix. Like, we're good. <laughs> no. The universe helps those that help themselves. And the universe is no joke, man. It asks you to step it up, step it up, step it up, step it up. So, all right, let's wrap up this part of the conversation, but I have one thing to ask you. Like if there's, we learned so many things, right? But if there's one thing, like one lesson, like one word for one lesson that you, like we were supposed to learn during that time, what did you pull away? What was like the essence of Ooh. one of the lessons? Uh, patience is coming to my mind right now. Mm, patience. patience. Yeah. I felt that when we were like, oh, we got to get, we got to keep, we got to get to California. Like we got to get there. Like. And we were like, you know, two months into the journey. Yeah. And we were like, th we were, I think we were, yeah, two months into the journey. And we were, we ended up being like three hours from where we started. We're like, how do we get here? Yeah. What, what do we do? We're now we're in New York city. We're actually closer <laughs> than we were a month ago. A month ago, we were further away. So yeah. patience. patience. I don't know. What, what comes up for you? Humility. Humility. Mm. That is such a beautiful quality and a really like a, Oof, it'll singe you. It'll singe <laughs> you in the experience. It's like wicked. Um, but yeah, humility. I'm so grateful for all of that, those lessons. Yeah, it makes you really vulnerable and raw and, um, and really does a job on the ego, which is super helpful mm. in training the ego, in making the ego your teammate, right? It's not your enemy, never was, just the part of you that forgot who you were. So um, the more you think it's your enemy, the more it's going to be your enemy. It's not your enemy. It's just your, it's your little baby self. It's your little small self that's always like, me, I don't like it this way. <laughs> I need attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, 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 I'm the best. I'm the worst. <laughs> that person did this to me. La, la, la. But they're but doing they it. But they deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. That's a good um, question. Okay, cool. Are you going to read your journal? Well, it's about the plank challenge. Isn't that interesting? Okay. I journaled about the plank challenge. So we're in the plank challenge. So the plank challenge this month, and we we do it probably once a year. I don't know how it started, why it started. Doesn't matter. But I know why you brought it back because you were like, we got a bunch of new athletes. Yeah, and they're getting the plank challenge. So we plank for the month. Although, like the OG athletes are like, screw the plank. I'm like, I know they're that. like, oh, I'm already giving out my shoulders. <laughs> the new ones are like, oh my god, this is awesome. I'm already like, you know, day eleven. I have three more minutes to go today. I think I have two more minutes. <gasps> when did you do all this planking? I did some planking down here while I was working. Uh, sorry, I only have three minutes. Yeah, it's nothing. All right, so what's the plank challenge? So the plank challenge is whatever month, it's August <laughs> this month. So you plank the amount of time that matches the date. So today is the 12th. So you would plank for 12 minutes. And it can be broken up any way you need to. So it can be broken up within the 24 hours. It can be 30 seconds. It can be 10 seconds. It can be two minutes. And it could be any form of plank, forearm plank, high plank, side plank, a forearm, side plank, whatever. Doesn't knees matter. down, knees, knees down. up. I've been doing reverse plank. It doesn't matter. The first year it was like, got to be forearm plank. No, that was you. I never okay, thought it belief. had to be forearm plank. <laughs> then I got wrecked, like my shoulders and my back. And now it's, now I'm more aware of this challenge. And so it doesn't matter how it, like we were just talking about, it doesn't matter how it manifests, how to 12 minutes comes to fruition, it's just get 12 minutes in. And so by the end of the month, you're August 31st, you're doing 31 minutes. Yeah. And the day before you did was 30. 30. Yeah. And then 29. So I was journaling about this because I didn't think much about it. I just had this uh, kind of knowing like, I'm all in for this. And truth be told, the first couple of times we did it, I folded um, because I started getting behind in the 20s. 
And then I was like, all right, I've, I've done enough, right? Like, so I didn't let my yes be yes. It happens. So um, I wrote this the other morning. Planking, okay, so it was August 9th. Planking for nine minutes. Feeling a commitment this month, whereas in previous months, I don't believe I have ever fully committed to it. So why not? Why not face the resistance as it arises? Why not allow it to be there without resistance? Why not not, why not not think about the 27th when there will be 27 minutes of planking, 26 the day before and 28 the following day? Why not stay right here right now when I'm rested, not sore, peaceful and on track with the plank challenge. Why not tap into the energy of people who have no doubt? I will complete it and wake up to the truth that I can do anything with my mind focused on being one with the universal mind. Right? So if I'm fo- if my overall focus is to be one with the universal mind. The universal mind like what? Plank challenge. That's no big deal. Like I created canyons and uh, granite and koala bears and whales and humans and palm trees and volcanoes. I can do a plank challenge. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little excerpt but it's just this, from my it's journal. Just one thing. But it's you know we're. It's one. It's one stimulus. Plank cha- planking. It's one stimulus. You see what I'm saying? Like it's just one thing in your resistance. Right, but resistance is resistance. So if I can, right. if I can just right like see the resistance and not be resistant to the resistance, like that's, that speaks volumes for resistance and other things that I do in my life. Right. And resistance is like, we, you got to slow down and be present to really (laughs) understand resistance. It's not an intellectual thing. Well, it's an intellectual thing in that anytime you go to better yourself, you're going to have resistance. That's just the way it is. It's change. Yeah. It's change perfect segue into something we were talking about today. So you want to feel the resistance, feel the minute that you're like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. Feel it. Like it feels weird to me. It feels like, um, it kind of feels like if I was to make it a quality, um, get into the feeling of what resistance is. It's like, it's like phlegmy. It's just kind of like this thing that's like, like, I just want to clear it out but it's sticky and it doesn't really go anywhere. And so can I act in the face of that? So change, yeah. Change, you're going to have resistance to change because what? Go. You don't have a relationship with what that person is. You don't, you have an idea and a belief of what that person would look like, but you don't have any experience in that person of who they are. And so that causes fear. Yes. So the Jess who does the plank challenge through the 31st, she doesn't exist in this physical form yet. So there's a part of me that's like, who is she? I don't know her. Is my social status going to change? Are my, is my friend circle going? I mean, this is like, this is actually what happens with the ego. It takes it all into effect because it's like, that is unknown. And if she completes this plank challenge, is she going to make us do another one? Meaning this, meaning this is the ego talking because it hurts, right? Last week, my like C7 to like T2 was like a cobweb of concrete. It's feeling a little better, but I had to take extra time to roll my neck and lay on the roller and open it up. And I need to do it after that set in the pool today as well. And the planking that we're doing today. But yeah, it doesn't know, you don't know who that person is. And I think this is the essence of fear of success. And the see it before you believe it belief system. Like you need to see yourself acting this way first before you can fully embrace it. Versus saying, I just believe that this feels good to me. This change feels good to me. I want to pursue it. And the rest will take care of itself. So I think that's where people, we were talking about this on the trail, so we can jump into it if you want, but change. Yeah, dude, jump. Change. Like, why can't people change? We have these challenges. We have a plank challenge. So there's the person that's going to start the plank challenge and follow through with the plank challenge. And then after the plank challenge, what happens? No planks. No planks. Ever until the following plank challenge. So what, is the, what does that challenge serve? How does it serve in changing? 
Um, in 30 days, what can it do? If you're awake and ready, if you're aware, if you're actively participating in it, you'll start to see that you're standing up just like you did to the resistance that you shouldn't be planking, that you've done enough. You know, we work out a lot. You know, five, plank, five minutes of planking today is great, even though I have 15. I can give you 10 excuses right, right now so easy as to why I should stop the plank challenge. <laughs> You're always going to have that, those. You're always going to have them. Yeah. So this is the thing with ch- with change, and and as a coach, I see it, I see it daily uh, with our athletes and with myself. You know, changing. Like I, there's things I want to change. You know, be be more on top of um, my training and my planning, and, and be more diligent about preparation for workouts. Um. So, why isn't it happening? And the reason it's not happening, I believe, is because it, it's, it's just, it's so unknown that we default to what's comfortable. We default to what we've been doing because we know it. The mind has a reference point to it. So, for example, let's take, uh, let's take swimming. You know, you want to change swimming, um, the way that you swim. So... Instead of doing the things that can, um, in, in, instead of doing the things that can create the change you want to do in swimming, you do it for one day. You, you're like, I'm on board. I'm on board. You do it, and then the next session you go to the pool because you're not hitting a certain time or prescribed effort. You fall back to like, well, I do know that I can hit that time with with fins and a snorkel, so I'm just going to do that because I know that works. And then soon things start to build momentum again, and now you're doing swim, swims with fins and snorkel all the time because you get to hit the times. So we've kind of forgotten the thing that we signed up that we wanted to, to do to help us change, and now we're doing the thing that we have been doing in the past, which has kept us where we are. So I think change, <laughs> this is, I know it's a, it's a point of conversation that we have quite often, well, it's a sticking point for so many people not, and, and I'm not immune to this. No, we're not. So many people not achieving what they want to achieve, and that creates stress and anxiety. So they want to change. They have the desire to change. You give them the prescribed steps to change, and when, it, when they're butt up against that, those steps to change, they can't proceed. Oh, they can proceed. Or they don't want to proceed. Per- proceed. Proceed. They absolutely can proceed. They're choosing not right. to. Right. It's a choice. But it's not a conscious choice. It's, it's a habit. It's, it's a, a habit, habit they've created. It's uh, Diane Collins in Do You Quantum Think? She's got a chapter called The Myth of Choice. I absolutely love that chapter. Such a good book. The Myth of Choice. We think we're choosing all the time. But if we're not in the pause, I was just writing about this this morning. If we're not in the pause, we're not, we're not choosing, right? So we're working from the past, the conditioned mind, which is all about the past. And then the brain captures the consciousness of the conditioned mind. And then the brain's got these amazing neural pathways and the law of facilitation, the way neurons goes, go down a certain path, and there's no choice being made. This is how Joe Dispenza talks about this all the time. Like if you're not defined by a vision of the future, you're living from a record of the past. And that's how we're, we're so efficient, right? Energy conservation. It's one of those motivational, it's one of the piece of the motivational triad. Energy conservation staying safe and, you know, staying alive, right? Because the unknown risks our survival. So the mind says, well, here's the circumstance, here's the plank challenge, or here's the change or whatever. And now I'm going into the unknown, right? Because I've gone up to like 22 minutes. When it gets to like day 23, it's like, well, now I'm in the unknown. So I'm going to choose the known, over the unknown because, well, I've gotten this far, I've survived, so it couldn't have been that bad, right? The mind will always choose the known over the unknown, even if it causes pain and suffering. It's so true. And we created it all. We created it all. I'll go back to 
just the small change I made at the pool where I would always delay sitting on the deck, fix my goggles. So glad you made that change. And just hang out, <laughs> check the temperature of the water, dip my toes in, splash it a little bit. Oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, got to check my phone. Did anybody text me? Like everything to do except get in the pool. Um, and the whole time you wanted to improve your swimming. Whole time I want to improve swimming and be the swimmer I know I can be. So one day, you know, I know you do this all the time. You just get to the pool and you jump in. So I did the same thing. I, I can't even recall the day, but I got, I got there, got, put my goggles on, and I think the clock hit zero, zero, whatever minute, and I just jumped in the pool. It's like that Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, like you go. didn't do that, but you, you, had, you got in between the five and the one where like between where the brain starts to come in with that conditioning and you acted without yeah, even thinking from that about point, it. It's probably been about two years now where I just, I get to the pool and I jump in. I don't even look at the clock. Like it doesn't matter if it's zero, zero anymore. It's just like get in the water. The first thing to do is get in the water, start swimming, worry about like all the other stuff as you, you know, if your goggles fog up or whatever, what the workout is like, you'll work your way through it but get in the water. And so that's created a habit of like um, no more delay, right? And this is just a little bit of the delay I'm clearing out. So it's like a jar of peanut butter. When you finish the jar of peanut butter, there's still peanut butter in the jar and you got to scrape the edges of the peanut butter. And I just scraped a little bit of it off of my delay karma. And I see it. I see it in a lot of other things I do in racing and training and going after it is the delay is a little bit less. So what's the point of that? Well, I observed with the help of my beautiful wife that I delay when I get to the pool. She doesn't, I do. Well, I want to change that. Okay, well, how do you do it? You act. You take an action. You put yeah, that awareness into action. Because we can be aware all we want and never do anything. But let's be aware and put the, the change that we want to see into action. And so I was aware that I was delaying. And so now I act and jump in the pool. That's just one example. And that may seem not, you know, big enough for people that are listening. But what it does is it, it, it sparks interest that there's, there's, more, there's more available. And if you, more opportunities available. And if you just keep bit by bit, a little bit every day over a long period of time, <laughs> Tune into these things that are keeping you safe and not embracing the unknown. Um, if you're aware to them, you're going to see them. You're going to see them constantly. Constant opportunities to make change if you take action upon those changes. And that's, I think, where people get hung up in the action steps. You know, the, the whole, it has to be a certain way, or I need to read the book first, or, you know, I got to wait till, you know, September 1st before I start this. And my And you can read you can read the book for sure. Definitely read the book, but as you're reading the book, like you read a couple of pages, well what'd you pull away from those pages, put those into action. But you touched upon something which is really important. So change is not possible without awareness because you have to be aware of when you're in the cycle that you want to change, right? You have to be aware. So present moment awareness is huge. It's present moment is also huge because the present moment is the only time change can occur. Mm -hmm. But awareness changes nothing. This is another thing that can cause a lot of stress and anxiety in people's lives because they're like, I see it. I see it. I see it. I'm doing it all the time. I'm catching myself. I'm seeing it. I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. And you can stay there. And that is like the road to nowhere. It's just, oh, it's, the, it's so mm -hmm. frustrating to be on that road. You have to put it into action. You have to take the action. When you see it, act. When you see it, act. When you see it, act. As opposed to just seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. See it and act. Awareness is the base. You have to have the awareness, but the awareness changes nothing. It changes nothing. You have to act. And once you act, the universe goes, oh, thank God, she's acting, finally. Ugh, now we can throw her some bones, but we're not going to throw her shit until she starts acting. You got to take the first step and then you'll be supported. You can't just know it 
and not do it. You got to do, do it. it. <laughs> That's more important than knowing it. But I read this book and it really was insightful and, and you know, I took a lot away from it. What did you take away from it? And what have you put into action? And what have you put into action? So I ask that question a lot. And I don't get a lot of clear answers. What's what the you, most common thing you get when you ask that? I, I, get a broad, I get a broad answer of, oh my gosh, I took so much away. So then I say, well, what's one thing that you took away? And typically they can't remember what the one thing is. So if you can't remember what it is, how can you actually put it into action? You can't. So, so what they do is basically talk about what they read because with, with the, with the um, uh, feeling that they read it, that they, I read it, so I, this must be in me now. Like, I read it, so, you know. But the thing is, is that all the information's already within you, right? It's like accessing the information, um, so we overload ourselves. I, I keep thinking about our podcast with Sid. We overload ourselves mm, with so mm-hmm. much stuff that it just we end up getting into a confused confusion state where nothing is sticking, right? So that's why I say like read a page. Like with the Bhagavad Gita, read a page. Read one page. For most people, that's not a book that you can just zip through. Um, read a page. There might be one word that sticks out to you. It could be love. It could be detachment. It could be courage. There's a lot of good words in that book. And then take the next day, take the next 24 hours and see where you are being courageous and see, be aware of when you could be more courageous. You know, making, I don't know, sometimes we think about people and we're like, oh, I should give them a call. Give them a call. Give them a call. Be courageous. You're feeling that for a reason. You could be saving their life. You have no idea what's going to be on the other end of that. But um, what gets caught up in that is like, are, well, are they going to be there? How long are we going to talk? Well, and also like and, I have to read the whole book start to finish. And I say just get a book right. and open the book. If it's a fictional book, you want to read the tale. But if it's not um, a fictional book, like if it's a book that's, you know, Untethered soul. Untethered just soul. Open it. I just open gave that up. to an athlete today. Uh, like, power of now. Just open, open it up. It up. <laughs> any any autobiography of a yogi. Open it up. The yoga way. Open it up. I'm looking at our our bookshelf right now. Yoga sutras. Open it up. Like some yamas people, and niyamas. Open I've talked it up. to several people who have the yoga sutras and they're like haven't opened it. It's like oh my god that that book is like. Just like vibrating wisdom, open it up. Well, isn't that like the foam roller? Like, do you yeah. have a foam roller? And they're like, yeah, I've got one. Do you use Question it? Question number two, do you use it? No, <laughs> but I should. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, you probably should, but you're not. Yeah. So awareness is great. You got to cultivate the awareness, but the, the best friend to awareness is action. Yeah. Um, all right. You wanted to talk a little bit about nutrition because we've been talking all about a lot with the team and, you know, races are back and people are racing and it's fabulous. I'm loving it. Um, so what do you want to touch upon with nutrition? Everyday nutrition? No, race, I want to, race nutrition? I mean, we could talk, we could talk about a bunch of things, but I want to break this up into two things. One, I want to talk about race nutrition, um, and finding the plan for you, but I also want to talk about what our, you know, what our dishes, what our favorite dishes are. Um, at the moment, just that we've been, you know, really, really honing in on because it doesn't have to be complicated. And that's the conversations I'm having with athletes is there, it's getting overcomplicated and it doesn't have to be that way. It can be super simple. Daniel, uh, one of our coaches, you know, travels up here to come train with me and he's always got a cooler with, um, I guarantee watermelon, sliced watermelon in there and a smoothie always. Um, but he takes the time to prep it. He's it's automatic because he knows the ingredients and has them in his cabinet, and then it's always there. So we're starting with, you know, race nutrition. It's very. It's just the questions I've been getting are specific to athletes um, because you know different distances, different climates, different performance expectations. So have a framework. Right, you got a framework when you first started, you know, doing these long distance races, that gave you an outline of what you should take based on your weight and performance, and you know, sweat rate, and you know, where you anticipated your bike being and, and run being. So, 
that's a framework. Now let's go back to what we just talked about. That's, that's basically like awareness. Now, do you put that plan into action? <laughs> go di- be diligent with that first two or three times. Be very diligent with that, how that nutrition goes. So you're going a long bike ride, five hours, four hours, whatever. Be diligent with your nutrition. Every 10 or 15 minutes, take in something. See how that feels, right? All too easy or all too often, we can just get off of that plan when we go buy a 7-Eleven and pick up a, col- a, you know, a cola or um, a Len and Larry's. Um, what is it called, Lenny? Is this like an autobiography? Yeah, it's actually for me. <laughs> uh, it's all too easy to do that. But So try these things. Like Get a framework, try it, and then start to tweak it. And you're always going to be tweaking it because things change. Your body changes. Your performance expectations change. Weather conditions change. Um, your daily diet changes, which I think has a, a big effect on what you can consume during training and racing. So um, the point is that to get this framework going. Get, get a, write down what you should be taking in, what you believe you should be taking in, and be diligent about it every 15 minutes. What are you taking in? Then put it into action. Then detail out how that felt. How did the day feel? Like what was working, what wasn't working? How's the, how is it um, conveniently accessed when you're doing the sport? Like are you stopping to like un, un, you know, yeah, open a package train, of a yeah, you gotta, bar? You got to train yourself to eat on the bike, drink on the bike, eat on the run, drink on the run. There's no stopping in races to like eat or drink. You got to learn how to do that stuff. It's a part of the discipline, mm-hmm. don't you think? I, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's free time. So point here is to come up with a plan. Be flexible with the plan. But first, work through the plan, understand what works for you and what doesn't, and then begin to modify it for you, not based on somebody else. So everybody's got my nutrition plan in our team page, like what I use, and then that's the, the framework. And then they start to tweak it for what works for them. Yeah, I mean, and there's, I mean, my God, they didn't have liquid calories when we first started. There was like Gatorade and those power bars that broke your jaw and power gels. Like that was it. That was it. Like there was was not a lot. Mm -mm. Then I think Hammer came out. They've been around for a long time. There's so much now and there's so much, you know, science behind flavors and how that relates to temperature and which ones are better and, you know, um, different ways to get calories in. Liquid calories, you know, those are, that's fabulous for me. Liquid calories, um, you know, there's picky bars, there's, um, all different kinds of like little nuggets and gels and those new gels from goo, the, um. Liquid. Oh, liquid energy. Liquid yeah, energy. So much. Like, for me, I couldn't, I can't sip them down. Like when I, like a regular gel, I open the package and it gets all over me. Like yeah. For some reason, I can't do it. But I tried one day to dump three of them into a soft bottle and fill the rest with water and use that on my bike and run. And it was, I felt amazing. I felt so good. So you don't dilute it at all. You just put like three of them in and then put water in. Oh, and then you do and fill water. it up with water. So they are diluted. Oh, so you're get because they, do they recommend that you drink water with them? I don't know. I'm assuming they would. It's still a, a, a you need more than that. You know, it's a hundred calories, but it's like a little bit of liquid. Oh, that's cool. So, do you feel like you've upped because you have been more diligent with your nutrition? Like I was making these uh, date balls, and you were <sighs> like, "Oh, I want to use these on my ride," but you're like, "But I'm not going to use." Do you feel like? Um, like Kona has kind of called you to a new level. Like you can't be, there's going to be no Lenny and Larry's out at the lava fields. Like, and this, this race is going to test you. So it's kind of brought you to, it's asked you to come up to a new level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. And but, even, even be flexible with my hard lines. Like <laughs> I will be in the next few weeks adding uh Gatorade into my, uh, into my bikes for sure yeah, cool. because it's on course. And who knows if a bottle drops that I have my um, goo, Roctane in, you know, I'm going to have to train supplement. Train the gut. So train, train the gut. The gut. Yeah. Get, Why wouldn't you? Challenge the belief that's like, I can't have Gatorade, like I can't have it. Um, and challenge the belief that I can't have Gatorade because it upsets my stomach. Well, it upset your stomach that day or those days or those weeks or that year. But you're different now. Mm-hmm. And what if your mindset was, hey, Gatorade works really well for me. 
Because it's going to be whatever you believe it to be. That's it. Like, you guys, we know. Like, okay, you want another book? Biology of Belief by, um, oh, what's his name? I love him. He's on my phone. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Uh, I always forget his name. He looks like Einstein. Bruce Lipton. Bruce Lipton. Yeah, Biology of Belief. If you're like science and you love all that stuff, you will love Biology of Belief. But this guy was, uh, you know, like a scientist and... He was recognizing, Cliff Notes here, recognizing like what he was teaching, this finite science was like, it wasn't true to what he was experiencing in his life and in the research that he was doing, which was basically like, whatever we believe is what it's going to be. That the power of thought and power of belief and the power of the mind supersedes all. So um, yeah, really good book. So like, what you believe like is, is most likely going to If you're sciencey, check out Bruce Lipton. You'll love his stuff. Also, Dispense is good, too, for that kind of stuff. I was just going to say something about that. Oh, oh, the, the, the belief that you've tried everything. You know, going right. back to nutrition, like, I've tried everything. It doesn't work for me. Mm. I, I challenge that through and through because there isn't everything Everything seems, that, like, pretty vast. Yeah, pretty, uh, like, every single condition you've tried and it hasn't worked. <laughs> so, so I'll be adding that in. But yeah, watch the limiting beliefs. Those, that's a limiting belief. I've tried everything; it doesn't work, or you know. Yeah. Um, that's when you fight for your limitations. Because it's um, easy. It's easy to just say, "Well, I've tried everything. Now I don't have to deal with it." Right. I'll just make do. No, don't settle for that. That's like, you know, an apartment with low ceilings. Like, don't settle for that. <laughs> We've got high ceilings. Like go for the high ceilings. <laughs> go for go for the upper management position. Do you have anything else you want to say about the that nutrition? Like- um, just I would also, if you are starting to really dive into this, and and um, perhaps you don't feel like you've had the performance that you know that you're capable of, I would look at the amount of calories you're bringing into your body temple during training and racing. Um, I'm a minimum of 250 uh, Mm -hmm. an hour. And what I typically do, what I found works really well for me is I front load a lot of calories. Um, You know, I'll take upwards of 700 in the first two hours. I've I've been known to take 900 in the first two hours. It just works really well for me. I have a very strong digestion, um, digestive fire. So understand your digestion as well. Tracking your digestion is huge, you guys. Um, because we can say that, oh, this meal has 1400 calories, but if we're not chewing our food, if we're eating when we're stressed or we're talking somebody's ear off as we're eating, we're not getting the full digestion of the food. We're not getting that perfect amount of calories we thought we were getting. And we're leaving undigested food in our bellies, which creates toxin, which is, um, is, you know, a baseline for disease. So, um, See what you're taking in. Uh, The thing that we see the most is that people are not taking in enough calories, not in their training, and certainly not in their in their everyday everyday nutrition. Huge. Yeah, I would be if I ate as little as what I see a lot of people eat when they give us. And just FYI, thank you everyone who works with us on nutrition because you're so honest. It's amazing. Um, but that allows us to assist them in, you know, finding what works for them because that's what it is. It's finding what works for them. It's not what works for me doesn't work for you. It might not work for them. So we got to empower them and give them the guidelines and, you know, uh, give them guidance, not guidelines, but guidance on how to find what works for you because your body is, is unique. And yeah, I see a lot of people just not taking in a lot of calories Forgetting to eat, that is also an interesting thing, um, forgetting to eat. So that's, you know, present moment awareness. So starting your day maybe with a few breaths, Mm. being present. Like when we are present, our internal rhythm slows down and, you know, we won't forget vital things like eating. We need to eat. We need to eat. Pretty Um, important. Wow, we're blowing, we're almost at an hour. Um, Favorite favorite food right now or favorite uh, meal? For you, you know, simple, I easy. I know. I'm like shocked that I'm like pausing because usually there's nothing. Because I'm immediately thinking it needs to be dinner, but I'm gonna go with what I had for breakfast this morning before our trail run. In uh, a bowl, I had fresh blueberries, fresh blackberries, um, chia seed, coconut shreds, 
maple syrup, little maple syrup on there, and then um, sunflower butter. Hmm. I love that. So it's not too heavy, and the sunflower butter is not like as fatty or oily as peanut butter or almond butter, and also sunflower butter works better for my dosha, for my constitution of fire. And um, yeah, fueled me really well for the first hour of our trail run today. And it digests really well. So I love that. I love berries, love berries and found out that berries are actually really good for my constitution. So that's like my favorite. I love breakfast. Always have. Yeah. Breakfast is solid. I love breakfast. Really solid. What's your fave? Uh, just recently it's been uh, burrito, like tofu scramble burritos. Mm. I feel like I have that really locked, locked down. Like when you were gone, I literally would like Every other day, because it lasted two days, it was like tofu in the pan, turmeric and cumin in the pan, then goes in the vegetables, broccoli, squash, zucchini, uh, red pepper, and then, uh, and then the, the shredded kale would go on top, and then mm. black beans. Mm. And then the, I would just keep adding things to this pot, this pan, this, the one pan we had on the High Vibe Tour. And... Uh, it would just keep getting more and more colorful. It was so awesome. And then uh, throw it in a quinoa flour tortilla that we get from Trader Joe's and some Cholula, and that was it. And I had one or two of those a night. How are you cooking that without oil? Because we've stopped cooking with oil. So how do you do it? The water in the tofu mm-hmm. uh, is enough so that the stuff doesn't like. And red peppers have a lot of water and content water, yep. in, in them as well. Yeah, good point. Zucchini too, because like if you've ever lift a zucchini mm. on the counter, you see it sweat, which mm-hmm. I love. That's like that's a miracle right there, that the zucchini sweats. Yeah, so cool. And that whole it's meal, alive. that whole meal takes five minutes. I know. Once tofu, the pan is heated, it takes five minutes. Yeah, tofu scramble. It's in our cookbook. That's a good one. Yeah, cool. Really amazing. Anything um, else? No, I just want to oh. touch upon what retreat. Oh, the yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. Because talk about that. Speaking of food, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we did a one-day retreat, myself, Valerie Griffiths, and Megan Layton, who are my Costa Rica co-hosts. And as of right now, we have one room left for Costa Rica, so we are going to be sold out. If, you, if it's still available when this launches and you want to be on that retreat, wait no longer. What about a wait action. list? If they yeah, we'll get... start a wait list after that. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm excited. So excited. So what happened at this retreat? Uh, yeah, so we did one a one-day day retreat. Uh, it was from 9 to 2, and we had everyone arrive, and we had some fruit out and some amazing gluten-free vegan blueberry bread. It was, like, awesome. And um, then we did a Megan and Valerie co-taught a strong vinyasa practice, and then I finished it off and then led everyone in about a 20, 25-minute meditation. And then we went into silence. Um, Then Meg broke that silence and started a conversation about mindful eating and conscious meal preparation. And then we created, um, I created the menu, which I love to do. So grateful that they allowed me to do that. I created the menu. We had three salads, basically. We had a quinoa salad. We had a vegan caprese salad. um, And we had a, a kale salad. And uh, then we also had some uh, some hummuses and vegan uh, flatbreads and things like that. And then I made um, some bliss balls for dessert. Mm. So and good. And we had a silent eating uh, for lunch. And then we all came together and we talked about like how weird silence is, you know, like when a couple of our athletes were there, Liz and Amy were there and they were sitting at the same table and, and Liz was saying, she was just like, this is crazy. Like I never get to see Amy. This is the first time I'm meeting her and I can't talk to her. And all the impulses that you get in silence, you know, um, and also like how nice it is, uh, to be able to chew your food and experience your food. And then, um, then we finished with, I, I started a very restorative yoga pose and then, Megan led them through a yoga nidra and then Valerie took them to a totally different atmosphere with a gong bath. She had just gotten a gong. And if you've never had a gong bath, I dare to say you've never lived. Mm. 
the whole place was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's just wild. It, the gong sounds She's got a beautiful way studio better, too. Way better than the voice I yeah. just made. Yeah, it was amazing. So um, what I'd love to do is I'm going to, I have the recipes for those salads um, and I'm going to put them up in Patreon and share them with our patrons. So if this is a podcast that's, you know, like assisting you in just maybe enjoying an hour of your life or you're actually taking some things and putting it into action, consider being a part of Patreon. You guys, this is what keeps this podcast and the Awake Athlete podcast commercial free. Like the, first and foremost, it, it allows us to continue the podcast. Uh, the expenses of the podcast have gone up enormously in the last year. And we're so grateful that we are able to cover those expenses through the Patreon community. So thank you, all the patrons, patrons um, that are there that show up. And of course, you get great perks, right? Like we're not only were we doing the podcast, but we've got yoga classes, we've got recordings, we've got a new bi-weekly 30-minute class. We've got the Awake Athlete. We've got the Awake Athlete plus a one-on-one session uh, with me every month. So check it out, patreon.com forward slash yogi triathlete. And uh, by the time this launches, those recipes will be up there and they are amazing. The quinoa salad is insane. The bliss balls. Oh yes. And the bliss balls are delicious. So before you left for back East, you made a whole batch to test out a new recipe. And so I was left with all of these, a huge bowl in the fridge and yeah, they were just gone too quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need to make more? I will. Yeah, I do. I want to make a, I'll make the ones that, um, the perfected recipe of the ones that I, I the left you with. perfected recipe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll make that. That's the one that's going to go All up right. in Patreon. Cool. They're awesome. All right. Thank you, you guys, for tuning in to another show. We're extremely grateful. This is a dream come true, um, and you're all a part of it. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you for allowing us to, to do what we love and be here in full um, service of all of you. 